this is Rutledge Wood from NASCAR on NBC, and you're listening to On the Road with Dane on WGN. 720 WGN, high atop Chicago in the Skyline studio, and on the line with us, always great to talk to the unstoppable Rutledge Wood. A pandemic could not keep him off the track as part of that great team at NASCAR and NBC, and now two hit shows on Netflix with The Floor is Lava and now the new America's Barbecue Showdown. Rutledge Wood, welcome back to WGN. Thanks, Dane. Appreciate having me, buddy. Well, it's always great to have you, and you never stop, right? So there's always great reasons to kind of get on the phone with you and share some of the cool things that are going on. Before we get into the newest new stuff, I got to let you know that we sat down with the family and watched a couple episodes of The Floor is Lava, and and the listeners will know this too, that you're a fun guy, and you're and you're always funny. The sense of humor comes through whatever you do, but you were in like super rare form. I, I can't remember the exact episode. I think it was maybe some people from Boston, so there was a lot of uh, irreverent Tom Brady references, and I'm like, man, <laughs> run on fire so i wondered how how do you do this do you do they film the whole thing because of the protocols and all that you're not necessarily you know right there like a wink martindale you're sort of narrating it do you watch it because it's kind of got a mystery science theater 3000 feel to it it's awesome yeah well thanks really i so appreciate you watching we had no idea floor's lava was going to be such a big hit and obviously with this year as crazy it is i, I think the timing of it airing when people were home and families were looking for something fun to watch, because as you saw, if you're watching with your kids, they can enjoy it, you can enjoy it, and you can enjoy it together, which is not always the case, but I was actually there for all of the teams, and so I would watch them go through, and sometimes I would I had a big loudspeaker microphone, and I could say some stuff and mess with them, but we knew we'd have to clean up my audio a little bit, so I was also kind of writing, and, and we'd sit back there and crack jokes about the fun things they were going to say, because, you know, you want to put them all to, together, and you, you put these teams in the runs and, and just you're trying to make a, something fun for everybody because it is what's wild is watching the show. It kind of has that feeling of you know, a little, a pinch of wipeout, a pinch of like American Ninja Warrior. It's all these different things sort of thrown together. And, and just like kids that used to play, you know, you, you can't touch the floor because <laughs> the floor is lava. And it was just that simple, but it was so much fun to make. Oh, it's cool that they're giving you the latitude on the, on the commenting side of it though, too, because there are some, I mean, I don't know if it just, you know, if it, a lot of it's on the cutting floor. If you have a team of writers, you know, much like many comedic superstars, or if these are just coming up, but it's just, it's some really funny stuff. So, so we appreciate it. But so on to more of the current stuff, you, you never stop. And, you know, the world of barbecue, you know, I'm in and around that. So always love to see, you know, more shows and more, whether it's techniques or cookers or any kind of thing being highlighted in a new and different way. Netflix has really stepped up their game on the food side. And for the listeners that may see you all the time uh, as a, as a motorsports personality and a racing personality, you've got super food chops too, and have done a bunch of different shows with personalities. So talk a little bit about American barbecue showdown. So you got Melissa Cookston, she's in there, you know, you know, a world champion, a hall of famer. You've got basically like a lot of backyard people. So these are people that I think a lot of the viewers can relate to. Absolutely. You know, we also got Kevin blood. that so many people know from blood barbecue. And then my co-host is Lyric Lewis, who was on uh, mad TV and AP and, it's funny, I actually helped create the show, and, and this is one of those ones where I'm thinking about it, how can we make something fun? And you know me, being, being in the barbecue world and food world, and my parents own a barbecue restaurant, I knew I wanted to make something that would help highlight how many creative and innovative cookers there are and smokers at home. And so we thought, what if we make a, a competition that's not 
your average politician where people are talking trash and there's fake trauma and just all of the other lame stuff that we see on so many shows. What if we just make a show that's fun and that unites people and explains how did you get into food and barbecue and what is it that you love and kind of all of those dimensions. And I think we did that with American Barbecue Showdown and Netflix is so special to give us that leeway to create it and, and show different periods of food um, different methods, and certainly even like the wild show when people were making <laughs> beaver and elk and guana. I mean, so many crazy stuff. Raccoon, things that I had never tried. <laughs> I just had no idea that it was going to go like that. Oh, there's reasons you haven't tried them. I don't know if it's maybe health department codes or maybe just, I don't <laughs> know, <laughs> laws of nature. But it was cool to see, you know, all those different kind of techniques represented. It was cool to see the different personalities represented. You mentioned, you know, some of the resourcefulness on uh uh, and just kind of make it fun on the meat side, but also sides too. And this is something that you're not, you don't always see, but you know, barbecue restaurants, we all talk about those traditional meats that are out there, your ribs, your brisket and all that. But it was cool to see sort of the, you know, some attention given to some of those great sides. Absolutely. And one of the cool things, um, one of the contestants, Boatwright, basically said, look, I got to love with you. I, I don't do the sides. My wife doesn't have the sides. I always do meat. And so he kind of led with that honesty that I'm a little bit lost here. Then you have somebody like Rasheed Phillips, who just, Rasheed put so much heart and soul and love into everything that he did. And it was funny, the moment I met him, I knew I was a fan because as a fan of the Bulldogs, he used to play on the UGA football team. And this is a guy that was in the IT field. He works for Apple. And I'm sure he made a wonderful living doing that. And he basically hung it up after the show and started doing barbecue full-time. And as you know, when you see somebody they can follow their passion and just dive into something that they love. The joy that comes from that is unbelievable. Yeah, it's cool to be able to highlight that backstory. And I think it allows more people to relate to them, just the walk of life. And even on, and to let the listeners know, you know, even in, you know, your KCBS and like, you know, going for the championships and world champions, for the most part, a lot of them are, and they have certainly, they've got this kind of common language they speak on the live fireside, but they are, you know, some of them are lobbyists, some of them are electricians, some of them are lawyers and doctors. You'd never know it, right? They kind of have that sort of uh, meat camaraderie. Here's one of the things I thought was also very cool, too, is even on the competition side, you see a lot of uniformity in what the people do. If it works, hey, great, that's what you're going to go ahead and use. But you kind of highlighted a bunch of the different things that people would use, that people love, they see in their backyard. You had the Kamados, some big green eggs. You had some barrel cookers. You had the offset stick burners. You guys had it all. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that I think was a cool thing because each smoker had the ability to kind of use whatever they want, because we've certainly seen how um, something like the Big Green Egg, when you get proficient on that and it becomes your style, you also realize how many different techniques you can make with that. But also like the pit barrel smoker, you know, people figured out, oh, I can hang a chicken in here or even a rack of ribs or, you know, the Lang offset smoker that we used, that Lang was amazing. And everybody left there going, oh, I got to have one of these. So, it was fun to see that variety, but also like watching someone like Rashid who never used a Traeger before was was genuinely interested. Going, I don't, I don't totally understand this. I don't know where the wood goes, but or even how you turn on. But I, I know it's cool. I got to figure it out. But I love that side of it because it's a good reminder that there are so many different techniques we found within this realm. You know, barbecue is a real big umbrella of all these different things you can put underneath it. But I just, I had so much fun being a part of this, watching Melissa and, and Kevin 
do their thing as judges, the questions that Lyric and I got to ask and learn. And, you know, it's funny, me and Lyric as hosts aren't in the show a ton the first two because we have so many contestants who are trying to tell all those stories that somebody was like, do you to eat, and I smile, and like, no, I just do other stuff, but, you know, editing's funny how it can change over that, but I had the greatest time, as someone that feels like I'm pretty decent at, at knowing what I like and how I like to make stuff, I learn so much every single day. Yeah, you see, just, and you mentioned the, the big umbrella, it is just how big a footprint barbecue has. Sometimes we get off kind of in our own little worlds, and we and we think, okay, well, this is the universe and that one's, but it's so expansive, and I think you're going to reach a lot a lot more people, right? It's, it's in the top 10 in Netflix, so again, Rutledge Wood putting out a hit show, and uh, but I think you're going to reach a lot of people that may not be familiar, that may not have seen like, you know, Pitmasters. I mean, this is, I think, more approachable, and I think it brings just the whole barbecue phenomenon, a lot of those techniques, just a regular people it's on netflix we'll have some links up at wgnradio.com so congrats on that we're all going to be watching i wanted you people were watching you know you're there you're on site you're on the track you're at bristol it's kind of different for you because normally one of your great gifts is kind of interacting with the fans and you're able to do it a little through social media but talk about sort of building you into what is that live broadcast when there's really not a lot of people there during the pandemic yeah, it, it was wild, man. It's, it, it, you said it. I've, I've been so lucky through my career in NASCAR and, and with NASCAR on NBC. What we do is, is really try to highlight the fans and, and make sure that they're a part of everything. And it's so weird to think I can see the fans. I just can't, I can't put them on camera. Like we can't connect to each other. You know, there's a lot of different rules that we had to kind of follow. And I certainly understand why. I'm so thankful for all of the efforts that NASCAR went through to not only be the first sport back, but really other sports are trying to kind of mimic the different procedures that they went through and, and hats off to SMI and everybody for Soul Motor Speedway. They had like a graduated entry where certain fans, if you're in these roads and these sections, this is the time you can come in. This is your window. And then next to that there was another one. And in the same way that they got people out of the track, they just put safety on, on the map for everything and trying to keep people safe, enjoy their time. And it, I can't lie, dude. It felt so good to be inside Bristol <laughs> and to see those fans, even though, you know, that place will hold 140,000 plus people. To see 30,000 people there felt so good, and it felt like a hint of normalcy. And it, it just it was so refreshing to see that and to, to feel that, because you know how many sports venues this year we've had to see, you know, empty, and it, it just kind of breaks your heart, but uh, I think NASCAR has really done a great job, and SMI especially, trying to figure out how can we get people in safely and get this thing that they love to be a part of. And the, the racing has not disappointed us this year. Luckily, it's it's been such a great thing that can take our mind off all the other kind of things going on yeah well and the there's no roadmap no pun intended no roadmap for this whether it's on the broadcast side or the event side and hosting it and you mentioned it and i want to get your thoughts on this because i don't know if it's because i'm so starved for for regular entertainment or i'm just so excited about the racing or whatever but it seems like it feels like it's so good it feels like the racing is as good as it's been and just the drama you know with whether it's you know kyle bush or some of those those familiar faces we always see challenging for a championship it seems like the racing's as good as ever the wild thing is somebody kind of asked me uh, some question and they said do you think it's because we're experiencing different things or or it's like a bigger highlight or do you think it's always been this good but i sat there for a minute I was like, well, it's funny because in some ways i think the product has gotten better and better the last few years. And, and also, 
how we view these personalities and driving styles and everything else. But also, when you don't have eight million things to, to watch, and we all need this we have this thirst for competition in this country and, and in the world, ultimately of, of seeing people compete and see who the best is on this day at this time. I think that the sport has has been able to really grow in that window. And honestly, we've gotten a lot of new eyes on the sport this year through lots of different avenues. Whether it's your, you know teams aren't playing the normal stuff that that will be on on that weekend, or, you know delayed of of different other seasons, whatever's going on, there's new eyes, new people, and so we get new questions and new curiosity. And I think the sport's done a really good job at, at diving into that and explaining, like, oh, well, maybe everybody doesn't know who Jimmy Johnson is, and the fact that he's going to go race IndyCar for the next couple years is monumental. Jimmy Johnson might cement IndyCar for the next 15 years as being a way bigger thing because of his presence there. It's not to diminish them at all, but when you have a superstar like that, a seven-time champion, go, you know what, I love NASCAR. At the time of my life, I've been watching these guys when I want to go race those cars. Like, that stuff is, is awesome to me. So, I, I, of course, I think like you, I would have loved to see Jimmy make the championship and maybe get one more shot at eight, but, but that seven-time champion, it's going to remain special maybe forever that – that no one's going to be able to surpass that. Yeah, yeah. On the IndyCar side, I think they're doing as well as uh, as they could be in this. And you mentioned if you've seen some of the social media, we had Takuma Sato, the Borg Warner, and his car in Chicago because of those great connections with with Mike Lanigan and Bobby Rahal. And so it was great to have Takuma in town with us as well. On the storyline side, you know, Kyle Busch has been 16 years, right? He's won a race every time. He's one of those great drivers. But it's that eternal struggle between good and evil. And even though he's wearing a uniform covered in our face, favorite candies he's kind of the bad guy of the sport so you get people rooting either for him or against him he is going to vegas which is his hometown his home track what do you feel there is anything to that on the racing side you can have tracks that you're better at or more comfortable at or more successful at but is there such a thing as a home track advantage in nascar i think there is I think there is many of our drivers at home in so many different places and sometimes you know they could claim one track is their home track one day and another one that the next, I, I do think that Kyle is definitely one of, if not the greatest ever we have in the sport right now. And when you see how um, frustration and, and a call being lost just by millimeters, milliseconds, if it, if it were, you know, how that can affect the morale, the drive, the attitude, all of those things are, are playing a part of that. And, and Kyle knows not only that he's a champion, but he's a winner. And it's, he's having a lot of trouble this year connecting those dots. So I think that's going to be a huge storyline for all my Chicago friends. I mean, the fact that they announced about Michael Jordan is going to start a team with Denny Hamlin. I have to imagine, Dave, that you are so excited about. Oh, my God. Well, okay. So I wasn't going to get to that until a little bit later. I'm thinking Denny Hamlin second in (laughs) points. And here's he's making some of the biggest moves in all of sports and some of the biggest storylines. And it's not for what he's doing on the track this year. Crazy. You know, I have known and I know you have as well. I've known Bubba for a while back, even when the for the truck days and when he was doing Xfinity for Roush and then certainly those Ninja yeah. Turtle events that we had here in Chicago. So I was texting him about how excited we are in Chicago specifically. You know, Michael Jordan, as much as he is all that street cred on the, the North Carolina side and the and, and, and the NBA side and everything, he is we feel like he is definitely one of Chicago's very own and 
this is you know this right there is going to be it's going to be fireworks there's going to be a lot of people coming out on both sides and all sides and and it's not going to be as easy as maybe it'll be a little bit of a bumpy ride but for nascar this is the greatest thing i mean you you talk about jimmy johnson going to indycar this is bigger yeah it absolutely is i I think it's huge because when you see any superstar in sport see something in another sport and be willing to stand up and say, I love this so much. I'm, I'm going to put my money, my time, my effort into that. It's gigantic. It's That, that alone is going to bring a huge meaning eyes for other people. You know, he had a motorcycle team back in the day, but it also wasn't something that people understood and saw the way that they will for this. To see Bubba Wallace and the driver that he is, to be the only full-time African-American driver in the sport in to have the fan base that he's always had, but this year, especially to see the support that he's gotten uh, from fans all over this country, all over the world, and Lewis Hamilton, and so many people standing up with Bubba and, and on his side, it is going to be amazing. I'm so happy for Bubba. I'm so proud of, of him. And, and You know, there were a lot of times when, you know, I saw with my friend Kyle Petty, we went and did a, a racing route show on NBC on Bubba, and we saw you know, the frustrations that he's had because he's not been able to have a a long-term personal sponsor in the way that Jimmy Johnson has with Lowe's or, you know, Mountain Dew or Budweiser with Dale Jr. He hasn't, he's just not been able to secure those same long-term relationships. And it's not because of a lack of skill. It's not because of how well-spoken he is or or anything else. It's all these other things that were sort of interfering with that possibility. And we've seen, you know, Cash App, Beats, McDonald's, one after another, companies go, oh my gosh, this guy's, this guy's fantastic. And because of that, we also saw the proof positive that when teams get more money, they can spend them on the cars and get better results. And it's been a year of, of excelling and improving uh, and getting that British Bay Motorsports car further up in the points where they needed to be. And so it, I think it's a really special thing what they're doing and to your point it is going to be bumpy we don't know yet they haven't announced officially what manufacturer it's going to be uh where the team is uh I, my gut says it's going to be a toyota and i think that'd be really cool for for all of them just because of of denny's relationship that that was really where bubba first got his start uh was with toyota and so i think that would be so cool to see him back under there of course it could be with someone else you, you never really know but I do think for someone like Denny to be at the level that he's at yeah. uh, and to, to have the skill and all the things that are on his plate, for him to be thinking, how could I help someone else and myself and create a legacy of something they can keep building? It's, that's phenomenal, man. Think about how many times it's hard for us as individuals to think of anyone else outside of this moment, this thing we're working on right now. That's a pretty tremendous thing for him to be able to say to Michael Jordan hey, I know you've got some interest in this. I think we could do this together, and here's how we could make it work. You, you know, and there, there's a lot of excitement out there, and there's going to be a lot of side effects that I think are going to be beneficial for the sport and for growing the sport and the fan base and kind of putting it in places that it's not there now. One of the things I'm most excited for is is for Bubba and the opportunity to just show how really talented he is. You know, unlike any other sport, you know, where you can overcome whatever kind of background you have or, you know, the <laughs> your gym shoes or whatever you've got going on in race 
racing if you don't have the equipment and the know-how and the stats. And that's why you see some of those best drivers gravitate to some of those great ownership, those great teams, and it's no mystery why they succeed together. So for him to have that, I think is going to be so important and he'll have that opportunity to succeed. Here's the other side, Rutten. If you could speak to this for a minute too, as a guy who's been in and around all of it, it is one thing to have somebody come in, have interest in the sport. And there have been professional athletes from all walks of athletic notoriety at one point or another have said, like, I want to own part of a NASCAR team is Michael Jordan is one of the, he's like the only guy that has like the, the real legitimate street cred, you know, those North Carolina roots, that fandom in NASCAR as a kid growing up. I mean, he's, he is as real deal as you get as far as being invested in the sport. Absolutely. And let's be honest, he transcends sports for so many people because if you look at what the Jordan brand has done and, and Jordan sneakers alone, what that icon means to people is so much more than just one player in one lifetime. Like it, it's, it's multi-generational. It's inspirational. He's so many things. You know, I've got a closet full of air Jordan sneakers <laughs> that, that I bought because when I was a kid, we couldn't afford it. And I always said one day I'm going to work hard enough that I can get these expensive shoes. And I've loved them, but like, it's just one little part of this much bigger story. So absolutely. What I love is that a guy like Brad Doherty, who we know from JTG Doherty racing to have that same love, a basketball player from North Carolina who grew up around the sport and loved it. You know, he was the first person to say, this is huge. I'm excited for Michael. It's going to be awesome to see. And immediately then he was like, and now I'm going to have to beat him. We've got to figure out a way to get my car faster than this. So you see that same mentality that, that just they all of this stuff. But yeah, you're, you know, racing, Troy Aikman have a, a stake, Randy Moss. We've seen lots of different drivers over the years and, and ownership groups that are inspired by other athletes and celebrities. And I think, I think that's one of the things that makes racing as a whole so unique because motorsports is so different from, from everything else. You, know, you can't, if you look at what it costs to own and invest in an NFL team, it's a mountain a mountain of money and to see that some of these drivers can go in, dabble in the sport, learn a little something and, and go after it is special. But Michael Jordan was real clear. I don't want to, I don't want to show up and run 20th. I'm here. If we're going to do this, we got to win, which also means you got to spend to win. So I think it'll be great for not only the teams, but I think of crew and I think of crew women. I think of the, the people that work in the shops. This is great for the industry as a whole. It really is. Oh, it's it's going to be incredible. 2020 has been just a mess in a million different ways, and we all know that. But there have been some some great storylines that have come out of it and some great stories to tell coming up. And, and you'll be there helping to tell and shape those for America in a bunch of different ways, certainly uh, for NASCAR and NBC. And, and then uh, we'll have links up for the Barbecue Show, America's yeah. Barbecue Showdown. For American, American Barbecue Showdown, it's the only apps that I have. ABS, American Barbecue Show, the only abs I got. All right. Thank you, Rut. Thanks so much for taking time out. I know you are the busiest man in show business at this point. I appreciate everything you're doing, as, of course, do our listeners here in Chicago. And thanks for jumping on the show today. Dave, always my pleasure, buddy. Can't wait to see you out in the best, friend.